and gentlemen, we're back once again from a, another unfortunate hiatus. I apologize for all of my chaos. I want everybody to know and to be noted straight up. Uh, first thing that Matthew has been ready to shoot this for a week or two now. Uh, I have been moving apartments. Took me a while. Still moving shit today. Still worrying about that. Still pissed off at my old apartment. All that fun stuff. But this is my fault. So if anybody wants to vault, blame it. Anybody vaulted at me. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of social media going on. So you guys, uh, I guess if you want to bitch about it, bitch at Matt on social media and, and he can convey that in my direction. Um, but anyway, regardless of that, we'd like to talk a lot about libertarian philosophy. Anarchy is a uh, potential structure and, and where it could or could not work and, and the, the weaknesses within it. And, and we love to explore those things. But sometimes pressing matters come and current events have hit the topic word for us. And we want to talk about those when something important like this comes up, something that we just feel like we cannot go without commenting. We feel like we need to get into it and make sure you guys know our opinion from our libertarian views. So we're not talking about Russia today. We're not talking about impending food shortages or the increased prices due to inflation. Today, we're talking about trans athletes and sports, the possibly the most important concept that we could be talking about current events right now. <laughs> uh, but anyway, we're going to explore. A little bit of uh, trans athletes and sports, their impact on said sports, um, and discuss just kind of our general ideas. Uh, again, this is a little bit of an open-ended one. We're going to voice our opinion, of course, but uh, I think this is one that we still need to have more time, more discussion to really find the ultimate answer on this. Although we do have some hardline stances that we probably are already prepared to take on this topic. Uh, ultimately, we do want to open up this conversation and, and hopefully get some feedback from you guys along the way and just... Uh, start kind of discussing these things because it's becoming an issue. It's something that we do need to have a, a view on and understand what is fair ultimately. Yeah. I think that this is going to be a really fun conversation um, because no matter what, what position we take, we're either either soft on trans sports or we're bigots. I think that this is, the, there's like, it's like, it's a no win. I think no matter how we go about this, but as always, before we get going, guys, I want to thank our dear sponsor, Public Hangings for Pedophiles. If you don't know about them by now, you need to get your head out of the sand and go check them out. Public Hangings for Pedophiles is an organization that is dedicated to fighting a particular evil that is human trafficking and pedophilia. It is a very daunting um, topic, and Mr. Hangings is one of our favorite guests to have on. But with all of that said, um, one way that you can actually make a meaningful impact is to go to their website, ph-fp.com. Again, that's ph-fp.com, and you can buy some merch. And they have a lot of dope swag. Get a hat, get a t-shirt, get a uh, PHFP noose, whatever you need. <laughs> whatever you need. I, I particularly like the noose. I have one for our local pedophile when the day comes. <laughs> um, so, um, <laughs> Matt, you, you really shouldn't joke about suicide on the podcast. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch, dude. I, I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> Sneaking it in. <laughs> I was not ready for that one. Um so yeah, go check them out, guys. Um, every fiscal quarter, they make a donation to another organization that is actively in the trenches with them. And so it is a meaningful way to get some money in the right place that can make a difference. Um, this money that you give that store goes to keeping the store up and then um, supporting survivors, which is one of the most um, untalked about or not talked about um, concepts and um events of this particular evil right we all think about uh, once the person's in jail 
or they're dead, then that's it. But at the same time, you have survivors that have to work through this and deal with the deal with the consequences of other people's actions. And so when you go mm-hmm. to ph-fp.com and buy some support and buy some swag, you support survivors. That's the most important thing I want to get that's away. That's right. And that's my favorite thing about that organization is, is hardline stances their name would imply. Uh, and as much as that drives the conversation, which I think ultimately is a great thing to open up people's mm-hmm. eyes, even if it is something that offends them at first, uh, sometimes you need to be a little bit jarring to get a message out there to people. Uh, but the beauty of it, uh, and PHFP gets us all fired up when we start talking about being vigilantes that uh, take baseball bats to sex offender registry sites and, and go around. Uh, and he always is good to rein us back in and go, guys, that's not what this organization is about. Uh, we're here to demonize that. Absolutely. But what we're really here, the magnum opus of this organization is to help those survivors. And I think that's a beautiful thing. And that's something the world needs a little bit more of. Indeed. And so put your money where your mouth is. Go to ph-fp.com, buy some swag, support this show, but more importantly, support them. And most importantly, support survivors. All right. So we wanted to come back from our little break. Um, by the way, that was fantastic little against the mob meetup. Uh, I had a great time. It was very nice to see you in person. It had been too long, my friend. Um, Always it was, is. It was uh, very nice that Flirt Cheap came and joined us as well. Um, so if you guys want to listen to us talk about things that aren't politics, After Hours is kind of our new limited series. We'll see what actually happens with it. And we recorded three episodes, um, but the first one is out. Um, Anyways, we wanted to hop back from that hiatus and and jump into a a conversation about fairness. And one of the questions I want to explore, at least propose, and if we get to it, if we answer it, great. If not, then okay, that's fine. Um, But is the pursuit of fairness in modern American society ultimately making the playing field less fair? That's kind of the topic I had. That's the question I was chewing up in my mind when we were prepping for this show. Yeah, and that's an interesting question. It's this uh, this equity versus equality idea that what truly is fair, and I think that gets conflated with equal a lot. Um, and we had an interesting discussion about that with kind of like our feelings on inheritance in a fair society. Like, you know, why does George Soros' son just get to continue to uh, blackmail all of us here in 10 years when Soros is a million dollar life support systems fail him and he finally does pass on to the next world? Um, is it really something that we want to just be inherited by the next uh, piece of shit crook who is raised by one of the blood-soaked monsters of our times? Um, but it's it's a different question than fairness. Uh, equality doesn't mean fairness. We've all been in those. Think of any group assignment you've ever had in school. I think that that's the, the great lesson we get from group work assignments during high school and college is not how to work with a group, but rather to prepare you for how shitty everybody who you're going to have to collaborate <laughs> with in your actual workplace will be someday. That's a really good point because I I was always one of those people that unfortunately bore or bared a lot of the guilt or the burden of the uh, of the assignment right because I wanted to get an A and this piece of shit's not going to do well fine I'll just do it for you you know <laughs> I, I was never able to fall on my sword to get a bad grade to teach someone a lesson I was always <laughs> I was always that like people pleaser it was appeasement right feeding the crocodile. Uh, See, you should have gone with my style. I took on an immediate leadership position because I'm a strong, tall, white, cisgendered male, and my voice carries a lot of weight. And we need to break up this work by giving you, 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 and you 20%, and I'll make sure and consolidate that at the end. And that's how I got my good grade 
and gave off the appearance of doing a lot of work, when in reality, I did all of about 12 hours of Adderall field slamming right before the assignment was due. <laughs> I like it, man. I like it. But no, I think you nailed it. And there's and so there's kind of three topics or three con- three concepts, right, to kind of explore right there. You do have this idea of fairness, then you have equity versus equality. And those are all, I know that in society and our modern vernacular that we use them interchanging, um, but at the same time, they all kind of have a different meaning. And so, you know, just so we're all on the same page, and I don't even know if these are great definitions, but they are at least a working definition that we can right. move forward. Yeah, you gotta, with the you gotta bear with us with these. We have to frame every concept and every word, and we have to give definitions at the beginning of these because we are libertarians and therefore autistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes, uh, most of the time. But uh, we can just start with fairness, right? And so Webster just defines fairness as marked by impartiality and honesty or free from self interest, prejudice, or favoritism. Um, then another definition you could say is like conforming with the established rules, right? That, like that was a fair competition. And I think that that's some, something that we're going to get into with um, this recently a Thomas uh, episode, for lack of a better word, is that there is there is the argument that because they have followed the NCAA guidelines, is it a, it's, there, it's a fair competition, but then the next part that we have to beg is like, okay, well, is this actually fair? But so anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. Right. And it is even, you know, as these things typically go, uh, there's already kind of the public view of what fairness is and equality and equity. And then there's actually a defi- defined version. But even within that definition, I mean, we just saw two different versions. One was uh, free from self-interest, prejudice, or favoritism. The other one was confirming to the established rules. So there's two very different concepts of fairness just within those two definitions. Yeah. And this is, and I think fairness is, it's a really interesting topic though, because, and a concept more so, because it's something that we, we really try hard to instill in our children, in children. Um, I know growing up, it's right. Like what's fair. I even heard someone call it the F word once upon a time, right? That's not fair. <laughs> you know, I, you dropped the F word. <laughs> hey, that's not very faggot of you. <laughs> that's not very faggot of me. <laughs> um, but uh, it is, it is this concept that we, that's kind of ingrained though in our, even in, in our monkey brain, right? That's, you don't even need an advanced frontal lobe to understand the concept of fair, right? There's right. Even really before we understand uh, prob- object permanence, you can give one kid a slice of bread and give another kid a slice of bread you've ripped in half. And studies have shown us that first kid will lose his goddamn mind because you gave the other kid two. And until you tear <laughs> his bread in half and show them. So even before we understand that concept of being able to actually measure weight, size, or the fairness of an object, we already understand it was more than one. That, yeah. Who gave me that? It even goes, uh, one of my favorite books I've ever read is, uh, uh, by Franz de Waltz, who's a primatologist. It's Dutch, I believe. Um, age of empathy is the name of the book. Uh, and they, a good book. Yeah, they underline a lot of different studies, but one of the ones is they, they give one monkey a cucumber and that monkey takes a cucumber and he's very happy with this cucumber and he eats it. And then they give a second monkey, a grape in front of the first monkey. And the first monkey goes, and there's a video of this. You can look it up on YouTube. It's pretty great. First monkey kind of looks surprised and like, whoa, he just got a grape. So the first monkey then does whatever the task. I don't know if he shakes or, or whatever it's, it is. It's some task. I can't remember. Sticks his hand through the fence and he gets another cucumber and he goes, <laughs> throws the cucumber at the person and shakes the cage because he understands he got a raw deal. We did the same task and that motherfucker got a grape over there. Bullshit, man. 
So even that, like you said, that monkey brain already understands that, uh, that idea. This, yeah. That, that, and I was going to use the exact same example um, because that, that one jumps out because it, it, the idea of fairness is so ingrained somewhere in that, yeah. in that more primal part of our brain that it's, right. it's, in a very, a small monkey. That's, this is not even a prime, uh, a prime primate. Is that right? Because they're smaller monkeys. Correct. Wait, I think that's I think, correct. I no, think primates, they're all, they're all, all of them. Great, great ape, I guess, is the category I was looking for. They're not a great ape. This isn't an orangutan or a chimpanzee. This is a tiny little uh, Mars, right? Kapuchkin. <laughs> he has no idea that other Kapuchkin's transgender, even. So, <laughs> yeah, I, but I think that that's it's interesting though because if it's something that is so ingrained, kind of in our biology, this concept of fairness, then I think it's what's most interesting is how it starts to manifest um, in society and how we introduce these concepts. But one of the things that I hope that we do explore is how maybe the pursuit of this can cause imbalance, right? The the pursuit of fairness starts to swing in the other way where you are now in a less fair society because we are so focused on this idea of like equity versus equality, which I think is, that's, that's a good segue. And I think you can make the argument for like, equity is like the state of being just and fair or another way to put it is like contextually you can look at equality or equity as the recognition that each person has a different set of circumstances and allocation of resources needs to be exact to fit that particular circumstance for an equal outcome right because equality and equity aren't the same things um, though we often use them interchangeably Right. And that idea of equality is one that uh, a very common criticism of it is, is, well, everybody, it's the the Harrison Bergeron is a, a short story sci-fi that they write about this, where uh, in order to make everybody equal, they make sure that like, if you're a, a very athletic person, you have to put on your weight vest before the day starts so that you're not overly athletic to all the other people. If you're tall, you have to slouch down to a certain level. If you're super smart, they have inhibiting chips to make your brain not work as good yeah. as everybody else. And it, it's kind of this idea drugs. that like, is <laughs> that, that thing of like equality is not good necessarily, not inherently. It is maybe something to strive for. And we want everybody to have equal rights, equal opportunity, equal, uh, you know, fair treatment under the judicial system. But monetary equality can be zero for everybody and everybody's yeah. equal. It's not good. We're all starving to death. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is one thing that is worth kind of exploring is this idea of equality is that we, we often conflate it with something that is good. And it has a has kind of a positive spin on it when we talk about it in our modern context. But like Logan was just saying that equal, you can all be equal at zero, which is absolute shit, or you can all you, you know, and I always think of the line in um, Full Metal Jacket at the start where the Jill Sergeant is like, you are all equally worthless in my eyes. You know, and then that's kind of like that default on the bottom, right? You can be, you can, you're all equal cannon fodder, right? You're all expendable right, uh, lives to be thrown into machine guns. Right. Hitler saw all Jewish people to be equal to each other. You know, wasn't a great thing for them that he saw them all on the same playing field. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and that's, and that's, it's one of those kind of interesting concepts too, because equality on its surface, these are all good things, right? We all say like fairness is good. Equity is good. Equality is good. But I think it, it begs the question. And I won't speak for Logan, but 
I'm probably going to take like a less popular opinion culturally, like as a whole, but I'm a, I'm a firm believer that like in, inequality is inherent and that no one and that we're all unequal. Um, like Logan said, I think that you, that as a society, you should strive to have equality in the eyes of the law, right? You should have equality in your natural stance, right? And that's kind of like the, the concept of anarchy, right? That no person has authority in a relationship over someone else, that we all come to this equally um, in, in, in our inherent state. Now you can give that authority over because yeah, sure. Like I'm like, maybe my doctor doesn't have authority over me, but I should wait his words because he's trying to help me, you know, or, or, or whatever, like your lawyer, right? Don't lie to your doctors and your lawyers. <laughs> Just a little tidbit of advice out there. But um, this, and then what did you say? Um, equality of um, opportunity. I'm thinking that's, that like, that's a huge one for me, right? Because I think that there is, there's this, this huge unequal access to opportunity. And that is one of those ills that we need to be trying to ride as a society. However, at the end of the day, we're we're unequal, and that is the whole purpose of sports, right? That is that is that is the concept that drives our competition with each other. Is that I am trying to be better than you? I'm trying to be faster. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to dunk on you. I'm trying to run longer. I'm trying to jump higher. Like I'm trying to lift more. That is the entire concept of sport. Is to show that I am better than you, and and so when you start to conflate equality into the arena of sports. I think that's where we get into these really interesting topics. Right. And, and sports for most of human history have been one of the greatest meritocracy systems we've seen. There's a one reason of the you're best. not hearing complaints out there. You know, why, why isn't that anybody's not clamoring? There's not nearly enough representation of Asian Americans in the NFL. Well, nobody complains about that because they, those teams spend a lot of money on guys and they make you go through rigorous workout routines and they see how fast you are and how strong you are and how big to the point where uh, there's a guy named uh, Pickett who's coming out of, um, I think it's Penn State this year as a quarterback. And they measure your hands and he has like an eight and a half inch hand spread, which is basically my hands. And they're like, that's eh, just too small. Probably Sorry, not going to make it as a quarterback. And they point to people. Uh, Jared Goff's a, a current quarterback, um, formerly for the Detroit Lions. He's still there. Who, oh, did he get traded? That's right. Recently? He got. No, excuse me. You're right. He okay. got traded there from the Rams. Uh, for drafted by the Rams and then onto uh, Detroit. And that was one of his big detractors that he had small hands. And people still point to it when people go like, "Hand, come on, we're really measuring hand size." People go, Jared Goff had 20 fumbles last year. Small hands can't hang on to the football. So it's it's something. I mean, they're that meticulous to the point they even take these guys, strip them down, put them in uh, spandex and look at their hips and their thighs. And they want to see what the musculature looks like because they're not looking for representation. They're looking for who the best athlete is. And that was kind of the beauty of sports. It is a meritocracy. Once you get to the professional level, at the very least, if not the collegiate level, obviously there's some politics or, you know, everybody's got a story about how they should have been the quarterback, but so-and-so's kid got to play quarterback instead of them. All that politics aside within it, there's always that, but it is a really good meritocracy system. Um, I think there's also an interesting argument to be made. I mean, we were looking up a little bit about title nine and kind of the creation of a women's division in sports. Um, it was a lot of interesting stuff, especially there. The article I was reading was like, well, before 1870, uh, women's sports were not so much sports as like athletic activities for women to do that were non-competitive, cooperative <laughs> between each other. So I, the Title IX thing kind of came out of this area of women watched men competing in sports. And if it's just 
the collegiate basketball team, then it's essentially just a men's division and nothing else. So this Title IX came along to ensure that women in this country had the right to compete at the same level men did against their gender or sex or whatever. You can just say peers. I think peers, that's the easiest. Peers is a good way to put it. Um, in order to kind of give them a division. And, and like I said, the reason for that is because there are these inherent, um, and even if you don't believe that they're inherent athletic values to being a male over a female, uh, then for whatever reason, maybe it's, you know, come up with a better reason than that. But for whatever reason, the best athlete in every single sport for the number one through number 100 person is going to be a male in every single sport <laughs> across the board. They're going to be bigger, faster, stronger, taller. It's just the way our genetic makeup is made, not just as humans, as mammals for the most part. There's a couple exceptions. Hyenas have larger ma- uh, females than males, uh, but the vast majority of the mammal kingdom, it's just the way it goes. Men tend to be males tend to be larger, stronger, faster, more physically fit. Yeah. And uh, I mean, that's a, that's a really good point. And I know that I want to hop into like biology and title nine a little bit later, but what comes up to my mind right now, and um, I'm going to, I'm going to pass this to you because I think I got it wrong. What is the Michael Malice litmus test about equality? Yeah. So I, um, I think that maybe you just misworded a little bit. You put down our people inherently unequal. Uh, I kind of thought that might be right. And I'd been saying it wrong. So it's possible. Uh, the way I've been saying it to people is, do you think some people are inherently better than other people? That's it. Mm-hmm. And there's two, two categories. If you say yes, under this test, the Michael Malice uh, political compass test, then you're conservative. <laughs> if you start with an explanation, then you're more liberal or progressive. Uh, and it's interesting. I've, I run this test on a lot of my friends and it does tend to match up. My more conservative friends kind of go, yeah, or they'll say yes. And then have, you know, an explanation because of these reasons, mm-hmm. uh, all of my liberal friends go start with, well, you know, <laughs> with childhoods, a lot of, they begin with the explanation. So it, it, is a, it is a fun little test to run on your friends. If you want to ask them that, do you think some people are inherently better than other people? Um, I don't know what that exactly is. I, I think part of it, you know, I, I grew up around, other human beings. We all did. We all knew a kid in our class who was just absolutely could not understand the most basic concepts of whatever we're doing. Uh, We all lived in a school state funded system that followed no child left behind. If you're at least younger than mere Matthew, um, where you sat in those classrooms and you twiddled your goddamn thumbs all day because one kid couldn't understand uh, long division as a (laughs) junior in high school. Uh, (laughs) I think one of our great failings as a educational system, but that's besides the point, but, uh, <laughs> the chouse, that was, that's my favorite chouse chouse. Um, I, it was Austin. Um, we were, he was in the oh, English yes. class and the word chaos came up. <laughs> chouse. chouse? <laughs> it's a ski resort in New Mexico. <laughs> it is. <sighs> but yeah, it's that, uh, and that's kind of where that, that comes from. There's a, and which is interesting too, because I think I used to lean a little more liberal myself when I was younger. And I used to have this thing where I would say, well, some people are smarter than other people in different areas. And that's what it really is, is that sure, my IQ might be higher, but I know this guy who has an IQ of 70, who's a great mechanic. Uh, and he's right. able to, you know, uh, that guy I is still a very talented mechanic, um, but he probably can't start his own business and run it because his IQ is extremely low and he's not, a, he's not sociable enough to, to really get along in society. So I think that's kind of where that draw, line gets drawn is somebody who leans more conservative looks at that and goes like, well, yeah, somebody who's born with down syndrome, though it's not fair and it stinks for them. They're probably not 
as good as I am, not able to contribute as much as I am to society. And though that sounds cold, that is kind of how you draw that line. Yeah. And I think that Thomas Sowell has a really great quote about this. It's like, no man, no man is equal to another man because the man's not even equal to himself on the same, on different days. And Mm. I mean, that one resonates with me, right? Because depending on the day, like you get a better or worse version of myself, right? Like I am not consistent. I have my ups, I have my downs and there are days where, you know, it's like, I could have done better. You know, I have that after a long day sitting in the shower, just like, ah, yeah, kind of, yeah, you know, yeah. messed up today. I blew it in a couple areas. I could have done better. Like I was yeah. not as good. I had, as- I had too much cheese yesterday. I'm going to have to poop four times. Those kind of things. <laughs> yeah. Something like that, you know, <laughs> and it all comes in different forms, but I think that that is that. And that's one of those weird things that it's, I think it's hard for people to kind of differentiate and split in their minds where yes, we, we, we as liberty loving people are striving for a society where we are equal in the eyes of natural law. But then we also have to acknowledge that we are inherently unequal in everything, right? There's things that I am better mm-hmm. than other people at, but then the same thing, there's like the things that I'm good at, there's somebody way better than me at it, right? Like there's, right. and that's the thing, but then there's things that I I don't even, right? Like I, I don't even try to do certain things. I just take it to somebody and I'm going to pay them because I wouldn't even know because they're better at me than, than that. And I think that it's this weird this weird place where we found ourselves like creeping and trying to like tiptoe around these eggshells and let's just say it, right. Let's just get it out there and say it. Like some right. people are better than others. <laughs> all right. And, and it doesn't make the other person any less. And that's, I think that's where you have to, because you have to step back though and remove it from all of these nasty justifications that tyrants of history have used, right? Like these people are less than us. Therefore they need to be exterminated. You can just say like uh, some people are better than others and you don't have to use that for justification to round people up and put them in box cars or segregate them. You're, you can just say, it's like, yeah, some people are better than others. And sports is the best place for us to prove that. Um, and that's why we wanted to kind of dive into this because kind of the the question that that is begging in my mind is like is this competition is this fair competition or is it just cheating with extra steps <laughs> i think an interesting part of this conversation too that i want to mention real quick before we dive into sure. specific examples um is we talk about equality of lot but it's always equality of outcome that is really being focused on when people have these conversations i think you also have to focus on the equality of the work put in the effort, the hours, the, you know, it takes time to master something. Mm-hmm. And if you take the time to master something that's going to be extremely valuable in a capitalist society, then you get to capitalize on that. That's kind of how it works. And it's a little bit silly to me that somebody can sit at home all day. Maybe they still live with their mom at 25 uh, and they have all these interesting communist ideas about how everybody should be equal. And they're so mad at this person who's out there, who's, you know, like a, an investment banker. Um, you know, it's not something I necessarily think is a, an awesome, most moral type of job in the world, but they did work their ass off knowing that if they worked their ass off, they would get to this position where they can make a lot of money. So it's still not, you know, we're, we're taking out this idea. If you're gonna talk about equality, we have to also consider the effort put in Mm -hmm. the time put in that, you know, that all just gets negated because you want the equality of outcome to be the same. Well, then where's my incentive to create this, this, uh, niche within our society to provide for you if, if it's all going to be sucked out of my pocket at the end of the day anyway. Right. No, that's that's a really good point. Sweat equity is a real thing 
It is, and, and everybody wants to look at the overnight success, right? There's people that I know um, in my community who look at others and say, oh yeah, it must be nice. And I, and a couple of those people, I love to rib on them, right? I love to, you know, it's like, oh, it must be nice to be upper crust and, you know, like kind of just put my elbow in their side. But at the same time, like that is without, I say that like tongue in cheek, but some people say it like with all seriousness. And what, what the thing is like, you were negating all of this behind the scenes work mm-hmm. that you don't see. Mm-hmm. This person has been putting in 10 years of, they've been busting their ass for 10 years. Right. How long did that person sudden, live in a double wide trailer at a work mm-hmm. site just exactly. to generate this opportunity for themselves? Yep. And that's the thing that they don't see. Everybody just sees what um, they kind of see that nice polished package at the end of a lot of labor and a lot of and a lot of loss and a lot of struggle, right? Like even the best NBA, like even the best athletes don't have it all of that easy, right? There's, there's struggle mm-hmm. with it. Like nobody has a perfect, easy ride. Um, right. And you can, you can make the argument. Some people get an easier yeah, ride even, than others. Uh, That's fair. Even like James Harden's one that's been in the news lately. He just got traded off uh, from Brooklyn to Philly and he's been overweight most of the season. You can kind of see he's got a little belly on him for a basketball player little little out of shape he's not really giving it 100 percent the whole time on the field uh and people have been just ripping him for it like this lazy piece of garbage he's not even ready for the season you're getting paid all this money and you're just giving up on the team you're not even trying to stay in shape uh but what's missed in that is as he's put this weight on he's still every one of his teammates will talk about how he's the first guy in the facility every single day shooting basketballs that he's there working out he's there doing it so even that i mean this, this guy's putting in what any one of us who lives a more sedentary lifestyle, if you went into James Harden workout tomorrow, you would be wrecked for a week. You would be oh, yeah. hurting so bad a, a six hour workout with shoot around like your rest period to shooting a basketball, uh, which still requires a little bit of athletic. I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys have ever gone around and shot a basketball. Now that I'm 30 fat and, and getting older, I go shoot a basketball for 30 minutes. And at some point I'm like, Oh, I'm getting kind of tired out here. This is going to be much <laughs> just shooting it around by myself. No, no hard moves. No, I might do a little no, 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 in my head and, and do a reverse layup every <laughs> once in a while while I'm trying to do my Dr. J impression. Uh, but it, it's not nothing. And people, people will rip these athletes like they're just total pieces of garbage for putting on 20 pounds when they go through just incredible amounts of work to be at that level to compete. Mm hmm. And I think that's a really, that's a good segue into this kind of Leah Thomas um, right. episode Who's because been in the news a lot lately because she has the largest clitoris in female swimming. <laughs> All right. You said it. Um, it's out there. Um, <laughs> but I was going to say, I was actually going to start with some of her defenders have, have come out and said like, yeah, that's, that's, that's sure. Maybe, maybe she was born a male, but that doesn't negate all of the hours that they have been putting in, in swimming since they've been six years old. Um, and that's, that's her defenders are saying that, right? Like she's still, a, she's still an NCAA athlete because it's not like she just showed up out of the blue. She's been working her ass off um, this entire time. And I think that's just to start with like some of her defense, right? Because I think that at least in the, the news that I get, um, kind of the de facto leaning is against this. But I think that it is important to remember that there are people that are in full support of this. And we're, we always try to at right. least present both sides. I would throw out too, and we're going to make jokes. We're going to tear at Leah Thomas a little bit here. Um, I don't have any problem with anybody that wants to transition as an adult. I think you're an adult and you get to do whatever you want to do with your body. You get to do uh, whatever you think is going to make you happy in this lifetime. 
Uh, I also don't want to exclude trans people from competing in sports. I think there is something, and I don't know what that is. I don't have the answer. Um, but I don't want you just because you feel like you were born in the wrong body and you want to transition. I don't think that should mean that you do not get to compete at all. Uh, maybe we need to think about a third division, uh, which again is difficult because it is small numbers. It's very also small, very differing from case to case basis in this, because it's not like there's male, female, and transgender. It is a, a large spectrum and range within that uh, of differing uh, from people who are, you know, perhaps a, uh, uh the XYY chromosome uh, disease syndrome I was talking about, also known as Jacob's syndrome. Uh, there are people born with extra chromosomes. There are people who are born hermaphroditic uh, that have both genitalia. Um, I believe Brittany Griner, and don't exactly quote me on that. I didn't actually look that up before this episode, but I believe she was born uh, hermaphroditic and that basically at birth, they immediately transitioned her to female and, and put that on the birth certificate, which is pretty common practice with people who are hermaphroditic because it is much easier to transition to female than male. Uh, I, I think a lot of times because you probably have ovaries and fallopian tubes and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, do you want to remove all that or do you want to cut a penis off? Uh, so it, a lot of times it's a little easier to just go the route of female when it happens that way. Um, I almost think just leave it the way it is. I, we had a, a buddy of ours who had a kid born with six fingers on his hands and they amputated the extra fingers. And I was like, dude, you just fucked up maybe the greatest curveball the world ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I, I think that that's a good point. Um, that's and that's a, that's a tricky one, right? Because now we're into this this like okay, what what what's a what's a good space for people to compete? And I think you said something that's really interesting is that this is a very small 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 number of people, right? Mm-hmm. And this is like like the people that are actually transgender in this in at least in this country, it's not a huge percent. I mean, I don't know the number is off the top of my head, but I'm gonna guess that it is less than 0.1%, right? Um 0. 0.0%, 0.01%, right? I think it's probably it's a small number. Um but uh Sorry, I was just I was just pausing to see what what came up. Oh, I was actually doing the same. One point four million adults identify as transgender. In the Out United of what three hundred and fifty million of us? Right, so less than one percent. Yeah, so less, so I mean, so it's not a it's not a big thing, and especially it's even a smaller number when you start talking about competitive sports. Right, most most of most people that have transitioned or are transitioning are not front and center at the at the 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 spotlight of athletics you know this is actually a very 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 small um number and so i think one of the questions that we did want to explore was like is this a lot of hubbub about nothing right like i know that uh, the governor of utah um had just vetoed a bill that was passed through the house and senate that got to his desk that was going to ban trans um trans from competing in sports and he vetoed it and his reason was saying he says there's four there's four of them that we know out of 75,000 high school athletics um, or athletes. There's four. Are we really going to like, are we really making a big deal about four people? This is ridiculous. And he vetoed it and sent it back. And same with this one. Okay. So we've got one story kind of front and center because it was the women's national championship, right? That kind of Mm -hmm. garnered a little bit more attention. Then you have, and as always any new story uh, about somebody as attractive as Leah Thomas is going to get a lot of traction too. 
<laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> um, I, I made the joke to Logan. I think that if Leah Thomas was was prettier, we probably wouldn't be talking about this. <laughs> Which is interesting, too, because we've seen that in several of the news outlets. Uh, I think MSNBC specifically, the one I saw a screenshot of, uh, they photoshopped her where she she had the marks from the goggles and maybe the nose plugs. Mm-hmm. So they're like very visible marks on her face, which is pretty typical with swimmers. They put that equipment on tight because you can't be losing your equipment mid-race. Um, they photoshopped all that out and like gave her a nice, like shave the chin lo- line down for her a little bit and put some blush on her to make her look extra attractive because they wanted to present it in a positive uh, manner there. Right. In the same way that we've seen them do the opposite when they've, uh, 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 what was the gentleman who shot the young black man? Uh, Zimmerman. Mm. Uh, a lot of a lot of outlets painted him with a little whiter complexion when they published their pictures of him because they wanted to paint this Hispanic man as a white supremacist. So they kind of right. him up. Or Joe Rogan was a great example as well when he had. They COVID, made him really orange. They made him look very pale and yellow. Or the, that's yeah, right. They made Trump like look he, very orange. <laughs> like he had jaundice. Yeah, they turned up the orange meter on Trump. This is something these news outlets do. It's creepy. It's one thing to touch up a photo, but we're getting to this area where these news outlets are trying to influence how you feel about somebody when you look at them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we are dumb. Back to dumb monkey brains. There's a weird trend where if you look at all the presidents that were elected, there's an insanely high number of them that were elected. It almost correlates 100% with how symmetrical your face is. <laughs> that we we just look at a pretty person and we're like, well, it seems like a strong leader to me. I'm a <laughs> right. That's a, that's a trustworthy face. I'll tell you what. <laughs> I don't always tell you what I do. I'll tell you what. <laughs> But yeah, I I think that that's, that is, that is the interesting concept. So just like real fast about a little bit, Leah Thomas about her stats. Um, So she recently won the NCAA title in women's 500, 500 meter freestyle before the transition, which took place in the 2019, 2020 academic year. He at the time was ranked 554th in the 200 freestyle 65th in the 300 uh, freestyle and 32nd in the 1650 freestyle. Um, in the 2021-2022 season, which we are now in, um, I will say, though, uh, in the 2021-2021, while he had, I guess at this point, she had come out as openly transgender, she was required to compete in the men's division based on the NCAA standards um, and all of, you know, the testosterone levels, yada, yada. So at that point, she was forced to compete with the boys. And then in the 2021, 2022 season, which we are now in, she is currently fifth in the 200 freestyle first in the 500 freestyle and eighth in the 1650 freestyle. Um, Which I think is interesting because that those numbers right there even show that, it's not like this complete domination of it, right? Like, like it's sure you go from being okay, five hundredth in the in the in, to to fifth. That's a pretty big jump. Sixty fifth to first is a big jump, and thirty second to eighth, right? Those are those are those are significant leaps, but it's not like all of a sudden right. first, 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 first in every category and in, in competitions that she had never even competed in. And that's, you know, fair to point out in this case, I think there are other cases where uh, specifically in weightlifting, I've seen a couple where they transition and they immediately break every single weightlifting record for their national competition on day one, you know, Um, 
Leah, I think also took a break if I'm not mistaken from swimming. And that's, you know, part of this conversation is like, well, I, you know, my advantage is to uh, relinquish because I did take a long break while I was transitioning. Uh, my testosterone levels are lower. A lot of times even lower than other female athletes because of the, the, uh, testosterone treatment that I'm taking. Um, and they'll even argue, I've heard some trans athletes even argue that they're at a disadvantage from the, their cisgender counterparts because of that. Uh, and also because of the, uh, the hydrodynamics and the drag on the penis, uh, that also slows down a swimmer. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that one. Yeah. <laughs> You're, you're, yeah, you're, slide them, slide them. You're catching me off guard tonight. I don't know why. I need to be on my toes. Um, I've been but, thinking of Leah Thomas penis jokes all day. So, but that, that is, and this has become right. Like Leah has become kind of center for this public, um, de, this public debate on trans sports and participation and fairness. And I think that it's kind of. I don't know if Caitlyn Jenner said this like ironically or unironically um i'm gonna guess probably like unironically i think uh, so she thinks she's a um, real advocate for this yeah but uh but caitlin jenner was quoted that leah thomas was not the rightful winner of the ncaa title and then there was you know we've, we've got some links um from maybe there was the chick who would have placed she would have made she the, was the first alternate yeah she didn't get to swim in the finals was the first swimmer yeah out. so she was number 17 or number nine i don't know how they they break that down um but uh but she wrote this article that was published uh where did i pull that from doesn't matter uh oh it was it was the new york <laughs> post is where i pulled this from um but she was talking about how that um though she supports leah generally right like you know you do what you do you do you girl um type attitude that every trans person participating in sports is taking a rightful spot from a biological woman that was her argument and i know that she even acknowledged it in the article and she's like i know the detractors are going to say well you should you should have just swam faster but the fact of the matter is if this person wasn't competing i would have at least made the finals you know and i think that's fair that's a fair point yeah, absolutely. Did you, uh, by the way, see the uh, Donald Trump Jr. tweet about Caitlyn Jenner recently? No, I didn't. There's a pretty great one where he uh, <laughs> so he tweeted out conservative girls with a picture of Caitlyn Jenner and uh, liberal girls with a picture of, uh, oh, I've forgotten her name. It's the the transgender woman that is in the uh, on Biden's cabinet for something. Oh, Rachel Levine or Levine, that, however Rachel you Levine. pronounce yeah, her yeah. name. Uh, and it's it's just uh, making the old joke that conservative women are more attractive than liberal women. And he's like, oh, I guess it holds up no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel Levine, uh, man of the year, according to Babylon B, by the way. So congratulations. They, to they got Levine. their Twitter removed for that because they didn't take it down. Or at least their account suspended. I don't know if it's still down or not. Yeah, but they're still fighting it, I believe. But yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and and that's the thing too it's like it's fun to make these jokes but it, it's a shame though that now in society like you can't even make a joke without being labeled a transphobe right because i don't mm -hmm. i don't I, like i can't stress this enough i literally don't care what bathroom you go to just wash your hands and please don't be creepy in there and i don't care what you do with your body if you want to sit behind the dumpster and shoot up heroin all day by all means that is your right if you want to if you want to do weird things don't do it behind my dumpster 
Don't do it behind my dumpster, please. If you want to do weird things to your genitalia as an adult, then by all means, like you have every right to make terrible decisions like the rest of us. I do have to, to point out one fallacy in your argument, Matthew. And one thing that I feel very strongly about, and I will not be pushed off at this point, and okay. it has nothing to do with rights of trans people, but God damn it, I'm not sharing the bathroom with women because I walked into a truck stop the other day on the way home from New Mexico and there were 40 goddamn women in line to pee and not one man. And there's no way I'm waiting <laughs> on 20 goddamn women you're too inefficient in the bathroom, ladies. Get your <laughs> shit together. <laughs> All right. I I have no rebuttal to that one. I think that one's fine. I, the, but but even to that one, it's Keep just like use men's the- bathroom line short. That's my <laughs> campaign slogan. I was going to say, use whatever restroom. Just wash your hands, please. <laughs> whatever. Just wash yeah. your hands. I would, I'll also take a stance against that. I'm not washing my hands if I don't want to, Matt. <laughs> Fair enough. You know what? You're, I'm touching you're, everything. It's it's your it's your it's your world. We're just living in it, bud. Uh, fair, fair enough. Um, and so there was another another kind of interesting um, critique of the Leah Thomas was the CEO of Champion Women, and her name is uh, I did not write down the entire uh, name, but her last name is Hogstead Makar. Um, and this is the quote: Trans women don't need to win every time to be able to make the unfairness case. Um, if there was, if there were hormone suppression regimes that effectively eliminated the male puberty advantage, I think that trans women's inclusion was fair. If trans women was ranked similarly to a man to their ranking post-transition as a woman, if they have lost the percentage that men generally have over women in the sport and the event, then I think that, then I think it would be fair. She later went on to talk about how, um, you have to look at safety, um, sportsmanship and fairness and kind of in that order, because then she used the, the, you know, like some, some dude who transitions to women and then goes in the octagon sort of beating the shit out of women. Like that's the, the, the that's a very hmm. real safety concern. What? Sounds like you're talking about Fallon Fox there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look at that. The, ch- the chick that broke well, that up was the skulls. <laughs> yeah. I cracked a chick skull and Fallon Fox. If any listeners are not familiar, she uh, was an MMA fighter as a division that was, I don't think it was Bellator even. It was a smaller division than the UFC, a smaller organization. Um, and I think she fought twice before disclosing that she was a male to female transgender uh, athlete. Um, so I think, and I th- kind of think one of those women that got their head cracked open was one of those unfortunate girls who stepped into a ring with somebody who had this uh, major disadvantage. And, and Fallon Fox is actually the person I was speaking of uh, specifically earlier when I said some trans athletes say that they have a disadvantage. She has been documented saying, well, I actually have a disadvantage. These women had an advantage over me because of the transition, the difficulty of it, and the lack of testosterone in my system. Mm, uh, because I've been know, drained of it. Pretty big person. And that's exactly the problem. And kind of uh, to the, the point of, uh, uh, I lost her name in the sheet. McCarr was the. Yeah, Hogstead McCarr. Thank you, sir. Um, to that point, that the the advantages are not just in your level of testosterone. Certainly that helps. And I'm sure Leah Thomas saw a step down in all of her marks in those races when she transitioned yeah, and she started was, taking the hormones. She's on average 15 seconds slower in every mm-hmm. race than Which she is was still in- on average 10 seconds faster than any female. <laughs> <laughs> At least a couple, (laughs) (laughs) but that's the problem in sports. There are advantages and in different sports there are different advantages. Um, I was never going to play in the NBA. 
I was a decent basketball player. I'm a six foot tall white guy who's overweight. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's almost impossible. I have to be at an unbelievable skill level to be uh, Steve Nash was one of my favorite players growing up. He played for the Mavericks for a while. Amazing Canadian basketball player, just incredibly talented, saw everything that was happening on the court at once, knew where everybody was, where they needed to be and where to get them the ball. And he was tiny out there on the court. I found out later after I got older and actually looked, could look up these people and on uh, the internet that he's like four inches taller than me, uh, even though he looks tiny out there. Um, but it, the, even at somebody who's that large, much taller than the average man in this world, mm-hmm. he had to be unbelievably skilled to the point of being one of the greatest point guards of all time to even play in that league. Uh, I think he won maybe one in NBP, but was never like a, a Kobe Bryant type of guy. He's never going to be LeBron James. He probably maximized pretty goddamn close to maximize the uh, the skills that he had, and he still was never going to be the best player to ever play basketball. It just wasn't in the right. cards. Uh, and that's where these advantages come from. They're not just the testosterone you have now. They're not just the fact that you're a man. Uh, I think Leah Thomas hasn't even had bottom surgery yet, but it wasn't even the fact that you have male genitalia. You go through puberty uh, and even probably a little bit before puberty even kicks in, men have larger bone structures. We have broader shoulders. We have more larger lungs. Hips. Larger lungs, larger hearts. I mean, there are tons of genetic advantages to having XX chromosomes or XY chromosomes over XX chromosomes, whatever gender, sex, whatever you want to call that. The people who have XY chromosomes, the Venn diagram is much larger on that side for being more equipped to compete athletically. Yeah, there was a, I'd heard a statistic and, um, if someone wants to fact check me on this, I'm just going to shoot it out there. If I'm spreading fake news, then so be it. But it was that in one in every 10,000 women is as strong as the average man. And the, and that is a pretty eye-opening statistic because the average man's is not all that strong. You know, um, if you were to take like a sample size of how many millions, hundreds of millions of men in this country, like, yeah, of course, you're going to have some very, very strong people. Uh, in that scale. Um, but you're also going to have a very, a lot of not very strong people. You're going to have a bunch of dweebs. You're going to, what's the guy from, uh, shame on me. Uh, I don't mean to, I don't mean to body shame. What's the dude from, uh, the Ethereum creator. You have a lot of men that look just like that. Um, Tom Brady, if he didn't eat his, his Wheaties every morning, that's, a- I haven't seen the Ethereum creator guy, but this reminds me of the, uh, soy lint argument online. Have you seen this? Mm-mm. There's a large community of vegans who drink a product called soy lint, which is like a, I think it's a soy based protein shake. Isn't um, that in a movie where they was like, they were chopping up people and f- soy lint green is people. What is, what is that movie? I'm not sure what you're referring to there, to be honest. Okay, um, it's in Atlas or not? Um, it's in Cloud uh, Cloud Atlas. Anyways, keep going. Sorry, but anyway, that is a it's just this product called Soylent, if I remember correctly. And there's all these emaciated vegans online from California who are sending in corporate complaints to Soylent about how hard it is to open the cap. Uh, and it's <laughs> just a, a common meme is to like see a anorexic hand like going, "Oh, it's too hard to open my soy protein." <laughs> 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 yeah. And, and I, I only say that um, just to kind of highlight that if that statistic is even remotely true, that the average that one in every 10,000 female is as strong as the average man, then you, there, there is a huge, undeniable 
body structure difference that just just because it's like oh well they don't no longer have hormone or testosterone doesn't mean that the effects of male puberty are you can just negate because that's i mean that's a very real thing um right how about uh laurel hubbard real quick to run down one of these laurel hubbard was a uh, new zealand weightlifter um who also if you want to look it up spitting image for nick nolte uh, which i thought was interesting which popped in my head i had to go look up nick nolte because i it hit and immediately hit my brain it was like you know that actor that looks like this uh but just <laughs> this uh woman was competing in the 2020 olympics at 43 years old it's not the oldest woman to ever compete um you know you may have to go back to like the 1900s to find some strong eastern peasant women yeah some big <laughs> olgas that are pulling plows out there in the field uh that were competing at 50 but there's still, there's only been, I think, three athletes older than 43 ever compete in the Olympics at weightlifting, um, which is another one of those things that your strength tends to be the last thing athletically that leaves you as a man. Uh, a lot of athletes will talk about that. That's why you see um, the world's strongest man competition. There's some guys that are competing that are 40 years old. Not many of those guys compete in basketball. It's really hard to compete in basketball past like 28, 35. You start declining athletically and it gets very difficult. 28 is too young. Oh, that's a LeBron. A lot of guys, guys are in their prime at 28. Right. There were freaks, of course, like LeBron, uh, that do go a little bit lo longer, but the average NBA athlete, like after 33 ish, your careers, you're probably done getting paid a lot of money yeah. because there's going to be some guy who's younger than you. That's going to jump higher and be you're stronger. You're a Shane Battier, not a LeBron. There you go. Right. <laughs> who actually did go, you know, pretty long career from being a, an intelligent player, but that's a whole nother story. Um, but Laurel Hubbard, uh, is competing at six foot one, 287 pounds. It's a big I'm, person. People say things to me all the time. Oh, look at this big guy over here. What's up? Uh, you know, I, I have always my entire life got those jokes about like, well, what are they feeding you? Steroids over there? You're looking huge. I'm six foot tall and 260 pounds. This woman is significantly larger than <laughs> competing against these other women in the weightlifting competition. Yeah, definitely. I'm like, I'm like six, three, maybe 200. I don't even think I'm 200 pounds. So it's like, that's a, this is a big person. You know? a large human being, regardless <laughs> of gender regardless of gender yeah that's that's the and just the fact that you can just go in there and start breaking all of these records is very telling right and so i think that's the and so that's what we're trying i know that we've kind of like meandered all over the places logan and mike that that's our custom right that's our mo it's what we do um but it, it we're trying to just like send out some of the propose some of these arguments so like okay well is this fair? But does it, but at the same time, it's like, it's such a small number. Are we making too much of a deal about it? And that's, we're just trying to have the conversation. Are we overreacting about it? And I would encourage that to people as well, when it comes to this, uh, Leah Thomas, and we've heard a lot of the athletes that competed against her, bring this up, that they understand it's a very hard thing that she's doing and they support her. And that even if they don't think it's fair, they, they don't want to pile onto her. Um, I bet part of that probably comes from women just in that same Venn diagram where men are stronger than women. There are men weaker than some women, and there are some women stronger than some men, but the strongest hundred men, hundred people are men and the strong weakest hundred are women kind of thing. That thing, that same chart kind of works for agreeableness. Women are a lot more agreeable than men on average. Uh, so I think a lot of women are probably hesitant to be a little bit more gung-ho and headbutt you about this kind of concept. Um, I think they also are probably influenced by how gross people can be at mm. these competitions. I went to a, a wrestling meet when Mac Beggs was wrestling in Texas, uh, who was a female to male transition. 
and she wanted to compete with the boys. He wanted to compete with the boys, excuse me. Uh, and the state of Texas said, your birth certificate says female too bad. Uh, they didn't have the same kind of like testosterone test, I guess, back then. I said, let them compete. So let that's them, what let I said. Them get in, let them Why get not? in the ring. Get in there. For yeah, sure. get in there. Get compete in with there. The guys. Uh, but rather than that, because he is going through testosterone treatment to transition to a man, uh, you're watching him just suplex these high school chicks out there and just wreck them. But what I'm seeing in the stands is when they're saying Mac begs to the, you see full grown adults booing a child, screaming grotesque slurs at a child. It's one thing to make jokes. I'm down for slurs all day when you're joking like I am. Uh, <laughs> but to, to scream them at the face of a child, it really, and in fact, I, I had no intention of like grandstanding for Mac begs when I was there, but I found myself in there clapping when Mac Beggs was up and standing up and trying to support her because I felt so bad him, excuse me, Mac, if you're out there listening, don't mean to misgender you. I'm bad at it. Uh, But it it was like, what are you people? This is a child that you're demonizing, you're booing and you're putting all this political. And not only is it a child, it's a child that wanted to compete with the boys and Mm -hmm. the state of Texas, the, the UIL board decided in the same way the NCAA decided that Leah gets to race in these women's races. Um, let's not get it mixed up. We need to have these conversations at the organizational level. Let's not demonize uh, these athletes and especially these children athletes that are in high school still who want to compete at the female level. Um, it's not their fault. They're in a tough spot. Um, even if you are completely antithetical to their view and you think all this stuff is BS and there's no such thing as transgenders, they're all just mentally ill it's still not somebody you should demonize, you know, let's right. support these people. Let's, let's have these fair arguments in good faith and let's not demonize each other. It also only makes people defensive when you sit there and, and scream at them that they're, uh, you know, going to hell or that they're, they're not in the right and that they're terrible people for doing this. Let's have honest conversations and understand exactly why uh, this is that we shouldn't probably allow female uh, male to female transitions to compete with women. Yeah. <laughs> Like I just snuck that at the end. It's just like all of this nice support, and here is my hardline stance. <laughs> and also, also, I disagree with you. <laughs> no, I, but I think I, that's I, part of it. I think that's a big part of our libertarian view in general, too. That I shouldn't have to agree with your viewpoint right. to not be a bigot. You know, I can have a different viewpoint. I can disagree with you 100%, and I can still treat you with respect and allow you to have the the area in the world and support you and give you all the same rights I have. Agreed. Uh, it's a stupid thing to think that we all have to think the same way in order to get along. No, well said, man. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, too, because that is one of those things that we've definitely lost in this conversation is that these are still people, you know, and it's certainly something I don't understand. I've never struggled with that. I've never woken up and been like, oh yeah, I'm I'm a I'm I'm a girl trapped in a man's body. Never had that, never had that struggle, right? I don't know what it's like. And so right. you yeah, can the only only time you've not wanted your penis on your body is because of like rashes and stuff. Yeah, that that's it. Get those things away from me. They're icky. <laughs> <laughs> um but that's you 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 said something. Yeah, I like that. I really like that. The whole concept of that we shouldn't just demonize the person and the you should really start looking at the institution to because if you're going to have an institution that um, is going to argue um, is, is arbi- um, arbitrate what is fair competition, right? That's where these conversations should really be having uh, happening. And I know that the NCAA has definitely sidestepped this one, 
um, when we were doing our research, there was the lawsuit that was brought up. Um, a group of uh, Connecticut high school track athletes brought up a lawsuit against two um, transgender, uh, I guess it would be male to female transition people because they're like, well, look, we're, the, we're getting smoked, right? And when you're getting get beat by eight meters and a hundred yard dash, or a hundred meter dash, like that's a law. That's a lot of space. Like you're not in that race, right? You're getting spanked yeah. in that. Um, Which so I've they, experienced many times in foot races myself. <laughs> so, so they brought forth a lawsuit um, against uh, against these two individuals. And by the time that it finally got to the U.S. District uh, Judge, the judge dismissed it because he's like, well. These the the two defendants and the two plaintiffs are no longer in high school competing against each other. So next case, you know, <laughs> he's just like pushes out. But he did he did leave it open that if in the future that if um this ever happened again, they could file an injunction and they could you know bring this back before the court. But I think that a lot of times institutions take the judge's stance on this. And he's like, oh, this is a hot topic. Um, they actually don't compete against each other anymore. Next case. That's really similar to what the, the NCAA seems to be doing with uh, Leah Thomas right now. Like, they're like, well, we have these guidelines about testosterone, and we're not going to comment at all on this subject because we do not want to be part of this culture war. And yeah. I can understand that to a certain extent. I mean, we've all worked in companies before. If anybody's worked as kind of any uh, branch of their PR department, their marketing department, you know, your company doesn't want you out there making political stances. We want you to make the popular statement. You you say you put the gay pride flag up at the appropriate month. Uh, you probably change your flag to blue and yellow right now to support Ukraine. Uh, you take the put popular your opinion. Up, put your black, you put fist, black fist up fist in February. And then right. in March when it's Women's History Month, you put up the little skirt. Yep. <laughs> you tow the popular the line. That's right. And that's a lot of that job because you're – you do not typically benefit as a business. Uh, there are, of course, exceptions to every rule, but you're not going to benefit by making a strong political stance on a polarizing position uh, and essentially eliminate half of your potential clients <laughs> at your business. Uh, you know, like I said, there are exceptions. You know, you know, some people, yeah. a lot of people, uh, found ways to thrive during the pandemic because they were in the face of the government's uh, tyranny and locking you down, and and that's a, a way to kind of circumvent that. But it's uh, the typical company, you know, McDonald's doesn't have somebody out there on social media weighing in on this because they don't have anything to benefit from that. They want you to keep buying hamburgers, whatever keeps you buying cheeseburgers and French fries that make you obese. We're happy to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't even know. Last time I haven't checked this, but I know that last week McDonald's and Subway had not closed down their uh, stores in Russia. Um, there was yeah. a, uh, oh goodness, it's escaped me. And this is a great resource. And I'm so upset that I can't think about it. Um, I will put in the show notes. This guy has, <laughs> uh, he keeps a list of companies anytime conflict starts um, who are still doing business with with regimes that the West does not like. It's kind of like, a, it's kind of like a, a jeers list, you know, it's like, boo, that's funny. people. Yeah. <laughs> but, but as of last well, it's week, like, uh, McDonald's is still in Russia. I made that joke just the other day. I know that uh, like Coca-Cola during world war II pulled Coke products out of Germany. Mm -hmm. They then started producing Fanta products under a ghost company and they sold those in Germany. Oh yeah. For so sure. They were still able to make money off of both sides. Not, Nazis uh, or not. We want your money. <laughs> So I made that joke the other day and I was so upset at either the lack of, of traction it got or the inability of people to understand the uh, depths of history that I understand of the Coca-Cola company. Um, but they somebody tweeted that Coca-Cola had pulled out of 
Russia to like, you know, all stuff going on. And you know, my comment was like, oh sweet, we're gonna do Fanta flavor. And just nobody, <laughs> right? Nobody got what I was talking about. <laughs> oh man, sometimes dude, sometimes you waste gold on the peasants. I yeah, I was so upset. I was like, that's probably the funniest thing I've ever typed into a social media app. And, and nope. nothing, and nothing, nothing, man. Yeah, you really wasted that one. I'm sorry that no one thought that was funny. I think it's hilarious. <laughs> that's all right. I'm gonna go retype all these uh Leah Thomas penis jokes after this anyway. <laughs> Right on, right on, right on. So <laughs> another thing that I do want to talk about before we wrap this episode up is kind of this idea of like fair competition and the invasion of women's sports, right? And I think that it needs like if there wasn't a need for two different categories, we would just call it sports. We would just say this is basketball, mm-hmm. right? If you you would just find a a greater intermingling of the sexes if there wasn't a need for two different realms to compete. And that was the whole concept of Title IX, right? That if you're exactly right. the, the, the federally funded, um, that schools have to provide equal space for women to compete, right? And it doesn't actually have to be one-to-one, right? Like if you're going to have a man's football team, you don't have to have a women's football team, but you have to have another alternative sport for those women to compete in the same time frame, you know, like all of those things. And I think that that's cool, right? Because- Honestly, yeah, speaking, if, you're, if you're gonna have a win, men's football team, you gotta have like a women's competitive cooking meet or whatever. <laughs> Something would as I that's fine. But then Speed again, crochet. but I was gonna say like cooking's even a bad example because like the world's majority chefs are men, you know. It's like that's not <laughs> that's not even a good example. Hey, <laughs> now that's that's not a game we want to get into because we're gonna find out that men are better at everything. <laughs> Men are not better at giving birth. All right. I'm going to, I'm, I'm sticking to, you know, that. there are, uh, there are some people who probably wouldn't like this episode very much. That would very much so disagree with that statement, Matthew. Fair enough. Let them disagree. Um, <laughs> no, I think it's interesting what you said there it, specifically the, the title nine thing. And, and I thought it was interesting. We read the definition in title nine earlier and it doesn't say women. It says for all genders. Mm-hmm. Which again, kind of, you know, it got my mind moving a little bit and like, I don't want trans athletes to not have a realm to compete in. I don't know that we have enough trans athletes to have like true trans competition yet, which is an issue as in and of itself, because you do need enough numbers to kind of bolster that, to to create these divisions. Um, But the whole reason we had title nine was to separate it because essentially we have always had sports. Women could compete in football if they wanted to. They didn't make one single team the entire history of football uh, because they're tiny. They have little glass bones that uh, don't hold up when you hit them. What was that uh, chick from Milshoe that and she was on the football team in seventh and eighth grade? And then, yeah. when, and then when she got to high school, they put her on the JV team and she got her femur broke in the very first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to say her name because I don't doubt she wants us to like dox her on here. But that's fair. Uh, but we yes, I hundred percent can tell you her first and last name after the podcast. I definitely remember who that was. She actually played on my little brother's peewee game, uh, peewee team one year and she had beautiful long red hair and she was just a little sweet girl. Uh, and she the grew up with mean. a lot of boys in her family. The, the mean and she, when she dude, got up. Oh, it was great. These boys would come out and like catch a pitch and this red hair would be flowing in the wind and she would just wreck some little boy <laughs> and he'd be crying and she's out there like flexing. <laughs> and she was she was a beast up until puberty hit and then she was still a hundred pound girl and all those guys got to 200 pounds and it, mm-hmm. she couldn't, couldn't compete at that level anymore. Uh, but man, it was fun to watch that little girl make guys cry for sure. <laughs> no doubt. But I think that kind of highlights it though, right? Because you can play on the team in seventh and eighth grade, but then when you get to junior varsity, first game, you get your femur snapped. Right. Because- or even, you know, I, 
I, uh, I don't know that I went through puberty early, but I was large early. I was a big kid. And by the time I was a freshman in high school, I was basically this size. I was 180 pounds as a freshman in high school. Uh, there was a girl in one of my peewee games and she was unfortunately the right tackle. Whereas I was the left defensive end. And uh, she was crying a lot during that game because I wasn't a typical size, not gone through puberty kid. I was a 200 pound child. And I was right. I, I was tossing her around pretty bad. So, it, you know, it, it does hit that level pretty quickly. As soon as boys go through puberty, it's a different animal, man. Yeah. And back to this whole content of like, like, you know, fair competition and in the invasion of women's sports is even though I think it begs, it begs for us to just explore um, what that CEO of uh, champion Moon was talking about, right. That, that even though the, you don't have to have this, this huge number to actually like make the case for the unfairness case, right? You don't have to have Leah Thomas winning, winning every single event to make the unfairness case. Um, there is kind of that, what jumps out to me is that if you start to, when, when this happens, right, it, granted it is not a huge amount of times, right? This is, we're probably talking about a dozen times a year that this maybe impacts hundreds of thousands of competitions, right? This is not a huge conversation or a huge, um, it's not, it, it, it doesn't occur very often, but when it does occur, we now have to start talking about like, okay, what, what women were now kicked out? Like who didn't get a scholarship because of this? Who has some like life altering opportunity taken away from them because they now place ninth in a track meet instead of eighth or, or they got fourth because of third, right? Like who, like kind of what are these untangible lost opportunities because we are so um, wrapped up in, in this, this, this pursuit of fairness and inclusion and equality that we're actually being very unfair to a few individuals. And kind of what jumps out to my, what jumps out to me is Ayn Rand talking about like the collective good results and in individual evils. Hmm. Yeah. And, and I think too, athletes have to go through a lot of grinding to get to the position they're in. Mm-hmm. We're all born with different levels of athletic ability for sure. Uh, and some of us are lucky enough to have LeBron James body and be the leading scorer at some point in the NBA at all time coming up probably in the next couple seasons. Uh, and some of us are born six foot white guys and we have to go play pickup games on Thursday nights just with other white guys to, to feel good about ourselves. Cause we never get to play in the NBA. Uh, <laughs> and sure. It would be the greatest thing to ever happen to the WNBA. If LeBron James would transition and, and start finally making that a watchable sport uh, with something <laughs> exciting going on. Um <laughs> Uh, I also know there was a point to that when I started talking and I've just completely lost it now. I'm not sure where I was going with that. I absolutely hate when that happens, but, but I guess back to what I was talking about, I think it's worth evaluating like lost scholarship opportunities, right? Oh, lost- that was it. Excuse me. Uh, if you don't mind me, yeah, no, go, for, go for it. Go for it. That grind and that, that opportunity, there's uh, an interesting article I've read about boxers. Boxers have always been dominated. Uh, all the titles, of boxing has always been held by the immigrant slash impoverished people of America. So it was at one point in time, it was Jewish immigrants were the best boxers and then Italian immigrants and Mexican immigrants. And it's always been black people because we treated them like shit the entire time. Uh, So they've had plenty of time to be impoverished. (laughs) The constant constant of American history. (laughs) (laughs) Right. The constant American history. Uh, But how many of those people 
come from impoverished areas. And it's, it's a little, that's a, a criticism you'll hear for every once in a while too, when there is a, a athlete from a more fluent area, get drafted into one of these major leagues. They'll be like, I don't know if he's going to have the drive though, because he mm-hmm. has money. Uh, Andrew Luck might be a good example of that. He's a very smart guy. He went to Stanford, had a family with a lot of money, didn't have an O-line in, in uh, Indianapolis and got his ass beat. And he retired at like 28. He's like, you know what? I don't want my knees to be messed up. I can make money in other ways. I'm going to move on. Uh, whereas somebody like a Mike Tyson, Mike Tyson would still be living in poverty. Was it not for him being so driven to break other human beings faces with his fist? Uh, right. and that, that drive that every day in the gym. And that's what this is. Scholarship opportunities for a lot of people are people who nobody in their family has ever been able to afford going to college. And they're now able to provide for themselves a college education. That can mean that they're breaking through for the next generation. Granted, college is getting more and more useless the the farther we get down this uh, thought experiment. But nevertheless, they could be the first one in their family to go to college simply because they were an amazing athlete at some sport. Probably not swimming. Most of the time, that's not where that's a, a little more not, difficult yeah. to break into. It's not tennis or golf either because there's a little bit of money you got to pay in to get into those. But you know, how long before somebody does lose that scholarship? What what happens when that girl was able to uh, to potentially go to a college and get an education uh, at a high end university? Maybe it was a Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's some pretty liberal views out there in Stanford or Harvard uh, that she might go to an Ivy League school. Were it not for the fact that her scholarship got taken by somebody who's a biological male, who also more times than not, if somebody's 18 years old and they're already able to go through at least the medical transition, they probably don't come from a poor family. Yeah. So we have to, you know, it's something to consider as well. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. I never even thought of that was like kind of the, the economic side of this, you know, cause, cause Leah, she went to, she went to Austin Westlake, right. And we all know. And for those that, I mean, for those who know what Austin Westlake is, you, you get it. But for the uninitiated, there was a, uh, the, the unofficial saying was we're rich, we're white, we're Westlake. Yeah, you can um, <laughs> you could go park your car at Westlake High School during any class period, and you would be hard pressed to find a car not as nice. They're not nice, not nicer than the car you parked there. Definitely. For the vast majority of us, those those sixteen year olds are rolling and landing. rolling in way better cars than I have now. Yeah, yeah they're my, driving seventy thousand dollars vehicles. Let's say my my Toyota Tacoma, though I love it. It's a great mountain vehicle. God, that's a it's a peasant. That's what the help drives down there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the help has a BMW. How poor yeah, the are only person. <laughs> The only person that drives a piece of shit like that is the uh, gardener that they look remarkably like. (laughs) We don't like him either. (laughs) My family's gardener. Yeah. Um, But that's a, that's a, that's a really good point too, because this, this idea of like scholarships and, and the reality of how many people have these life changing opportunities because of the scholarship, even though that we know the numbers of attrition are high, right? 1%, it's, what is it? 1% of high school athletes make it to. Are you talking? Oh, I thought religion. you were talking about from uh, the attrition from transitioning. No, no, no. I was 1% <laughs> of 1% of high school athletes make it to the collegiate level. And of those 1% that make it from high school, 1% of those actually go on to go pro. And for a lot of people, right. And for a lot of sports, specifically women's sports, college is the end of the road. You know, um, I don't know what that what the whole softball experiment is. I think that's really cool that they have kind of like this professional softball for women. Right. Because the 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 reality is that there's not a lot of opportunities to continue playing for anybody. But at least the in the men's realm, you do have the NFL. You do have the MLS. You do have. I mean, that argument's going to change a lot too with NIL agreements now, name, image, and likeness. I don't know how oh, much yeah, you can yeah. that in college sports, but mm-hmm. 
a lot of these female gymnastics uh, athletes now are are making incredible money while they're in college as well they uh, because should. they're they're good at promoting themselves yeah as well yeah, they should because as there's well not an opportunity should. after that you don't get to make professional gymnastics money so right i mean i guess you get to go it was good the olympics but that's it. You know, you get yeah. to go, you get to go, go win gold medals, but yeah, uh, you, you might, might get to be put on a Wheaties box and sign a pretty lucrative deal. If Sean White's not competing that year or somebody polarizing, you know? Right. Yeah. But I think that it does kind of beg the question. It's like, it's like, why is not, why is not Simone Biles a more celebrated athlete? She's, she's fucking fantastic. Right. The most, I think that yeah. she's the most decorated Olympian of all time. I think um, that is correct now, yeah. But but no one but no one gives a shit, right? Nobody yeah, cares yeah. because it's or hey, how about this one? Uh, do you know? Uh, oh shoot, uh, Amanda Nunes. Have you ever heard that name? She's she's not a soccer player, is she? No, it's one of my favorite fighters. This is a female fighter. She's lesbian. She's married to a woman. So you would think the LGBT community, LGBT community would be going crazy about this. She's not only a female lesbian fighter, she's probably the greatest female fighter of all time. She fucks everybody up. She's the they don't, heavyweight's not the name of the division, but the highest weight division females, as well as the one below that. She held both titles at one point in time. I think Man. she still holds one of them. Uh, there's a woman named Chris Cyborg, who is uh, Christina, I think Cyborg is her actual name. Um, no, Cyborg's not her actual name. <laughs> Yeah, right. uh, but she is a Brazilian woman and she was one of these who pe- people were constantly she looks uh, like an extra from Lord of the Rings like she is a very unfortunate looking woman she is a biological female but there is a big controversy when she entered the league because she looks pretty mannish and a lot of people freaked out and like is that a transition job um, and so they she had to go through a lot of testosterone stuff I think she even had a, an issue where they did have suspender for a while because her testosterone levels are too high and they were able to prove that she's not on anything. She just has unnatural testosterone levels for a woman as a biological cisgender female. Mm-hmm. Um, and I told my girlfriend leading up to the fight, cause Chris Cyborg came out to fight Amanda Nunes. And I'm like, Amanda's one of my favorite fighters. She's awesome. She's a bad, bad woman. The lioness is her nickname. She is unbelievable, but she's about to fight this fucking ogre of a woman <laughs> who's so big and so strong. And Amanda Nunes went out there and walked her down and knocked her out the first round. And it was like, holy shit, this woman is unbelievable. And again, this is a person who's in the LGBT community and there ain't no, nobody gay knows about her. They're they're They might know Leah Thomas's name, but it's like the Michael Jordan of women's fighting is alive yeah. right now, beating the shit out of women. And she's LGBT and nobody knows it. Nobody cares. And yeah, and that's, and that's, that, that's an indictment on our society. Um, I also think it's just like the unfortunate reality with of commercialized sports in the markets, right? That it's just, I mean, you can look at the, like the U S women's soccer team, right? They've been consistently, even though they blew it in the Olympics this last time, um, they've been consistently one of the best soccer teams in the world, but their, their contract is significantly lower. I know a lot of people were like, well, this is because, the men, like you know, the the patriarchy. Um, but then it was like actually, they just should have negotiated their contracts better, right? Because yeah, they, they actually had we, a contract that would have paid them more than the men, and they negotiated out of it. They, yeah, and it's just like whoever they whoever they paid a lot of money to negotiate their contract did not do a good job. They should just, <laughs> they just, just spend more money. You'll get more money. Wonder uh, wonder if they hired a female lawyer. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't. <laughs> Logan, come on. Just curious. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's, Equality. Uh, but, Yay. <laughs> but yeah, those, those are, those, those are, 
the whole like lost opportunity though is where I kind of get hung up on this one. I'm all about like I, I truly don't care what you do with your, you know, like we don't we don't hit kids and we don't take their stuff, right? That's kind of that's our MO as freedom loving people. If you what you want to do with your body, that's your that's your right, your decision. I truly don't care. I just think that it's worth exploring is our pursuit of inclusivity robbing is it coming at the cost of fairness, right? How And even though that this is a very, very small number, those numbers matter, right? Because I think that it's easy to chalk it up like, oh, well, it's only four high school athletes in, in Utah. But would, but let's let's explore like who are the four that don't maybe get to go to college because of those four numbers, right? And let's start mm-hmm. to quantify and look at, okay, well, what type of lives do they have? What opportunity was stolen from them because of this concept of equality um, and, how, and how fair is it at the end of the day that we are that, that we are potentially ruining lives of others to, you know, prop up the lives. Of, you know, it's it, we're in this really weird we're, we're ultimately playing like who's more valuable. I think I think that's kind of what this game ultimately right. boils down to who deserves protection more. Mm-hmm. I wonder, too, if it. uh if it was vice versa, just simply because nobody really cares about female sports, not to be dissensitive to it, but if you just look at the numbers of attendance at any sporting event, for the most part, men's sporting events draw way more people. Um, I wonder if this was, there was a disruption to the, kind of the same degree, like if, if women were, if the transition was so good that they could turn a woman into LeBron James tomorrow, uh, you know, how much more would we care as a society if yeah. spots were getting taken from athletes that we actually care about and schools that we, we do care about the sport. Um, I think that's a, a small part of this as well, is that it, our lack of give a shit about female sports in this country uh, is probably part of kind of our shrug at this whole thing when it comes up and our lack of uh, call to action. Yeah, I think I think you know that, and this isn't to be like you know bigoted or assholes against women's sports because I'm all about having a place. Yeah, for that's women next to episode. Compete. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. But I'm all about it, right? Like I like I like Title IX. I like the fact that these women have a place to compete against other women and pursue scholarship opportunities and pursue professional careers. I'm all about that because if you just have it as soccer or or just basketball, well then. There's no room, you know, because what was I saw this man? I saw this like college high school. It was a college soccer athlete playing against the women's national team, and he was significantly better. And it's one of those things, it's like that sucks. Uh, the Australian women's team played their uh youth men's team or juniors men's team, I forget exactly what they call it, but it's like an under 17 league. Uh, and that under 17 league beat the women's national league team that's ranked in the top five, eight goals to zero in an exhibition match. And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's, it is. yeah, it, it is what it is. Um, and I think that I want to touch on what you're talking about. Like, I think that when you have it the other way, it seems that we're a lot more accepting of as a, as a society, because it's almost like, cool. Compete with the big boys, like literally, right? You you want to yeah. you want to transition over? Come on, come over, run run with us, fight with us, by all means. And I think there's also it would also kind of be refreshing though to see that because I I acknowledge I'm a pretty decent mountain bike racer. Um, however, 
there's a lot there's I know women that are faster than me and I have no trouble right I have no trouble when we're all out in these party trains riding down the mountain it's like Tara please go ahead of me Steph please go ahead of me right because I don't want you breathing down because I don't want the pressure of you right on my back tire and when I don't make <laughs> and when I don't go through that turn fast enough I hear the buzz of your front tire hitting mine like I don't want you on my ass please go forward and I have no trouble with that right and Dante so so the harmonies right so Dante and Jackie Harmony Jackie Jackie Harmony won a national title um I can't remember what year um she won a national title in downhilling but I had the pleasure of knowing and riding with them when they still lived up here. Um, I had no trouble with Jackie when she was eight months pregnant, like huge, like, please go ahead of me, Jackie. I have no trouble getting chicked, you know, and that's what Dante would call God, it. She was riding, she was riding the bike eight months, pregnant. eight, eight months pregnant. She was huge. Ooh, she I was bet the, huge. uh, the doctor probably had a small objection to that. If they asked, there was him. a lot of people that had an objection to that. <laughs> However, she has two kids now and they are rad. And I will say that if if they were both after that kid, that one got flattened on the mountain. No, but, no, uh, that kid, that kid's rad as shit. <laughs> um, that kid will be a better rider than me in like five years. I um, bet that's right. I mean, and that's one of those things. And I will say that if like the Harmony children cannot go produce World Cup mountain bikers for America, we have no hope. Like this, like these, <laughs> these are our children. If they can't go do it, then no one ever can. But there's, but Dante always talked about it. He's like, oh, you got chicked, you know, or, or when I would race, um, we would got compare chicked. times. It was like, oh yeah, definitely. Like Jill Kittner, um, she's a, she's a Red Bull rider. She's beat me by like 30 seconds on a course one day huge and that's what i have no trouble saying that right it's like jill kittner is wildly faster than i am no problem saying that and i think that this is cool it's cool that women can go chick the men um and i think that chick it would, the men it would be a i think it would be a different it's a different conversation though right when it's like when it's the women coming into the men's space to compete versus mm -hmm. the men going down because if I entered a race is if I wouldn't race like cat one as a woman, it's, it's cheating. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. But if someone wants to come race cat one as a, as a chick in the men's and they so be it. Right. Cool. Yeah. It's that old thing. Does Caitlin Jenner play golf from the men's tees or the women's tees? Because she is a woman. We've all decided now. Uh, however, she is, was a fucking super athlete triathlon. <laughs> <laughs> runner yeah. as a man one of the greatest athletes to ever live decathlete <laughs> decathlete yeah the mm -hmm. 10 events yeah it's a, a super impressive athlete um so you know do you move them up to the women's tees when you're playing golf or do you go hey you were probably better at this than i've ever been in my entire right life. come on come on back here <laughs> let's go let's go hit from the blue tees yeah and i i think that that's like i don't know and maybe that's that weird concept of there's there's some cognitive dissonance in all of this, and I admit that I even hold I hold some myself. But I just I just I guess that what Logan and I wanted to do was just have an open and honest conversation about this particular topic, and try to figure out you know it's like start moving that needle towards figuring out you know like what's right what's fair um, because that is something that we strive for as freedom loving people we strive for a more fair society. Um, while acknowledging that we are inherently unequal and that some people are better than others, you still shouldn't cheat. Don't cheat. You know, and, and what, what ends up coming to my mind is that damn South Park episode where now it's like, 
art is better than or like strong uh, woman. That's it. It's like, you know, that I'm a strong woman. Um, <laughs> and it's like, that's not like, that's just, that's just cheating. It's poor sportsmanship. Like, I don't I know if how the answer, to put it. I wonder if that the answer lies within the chromosomes. Uh, because people, even the people who are completely in on if a woman says she's a woman, she's a woman, even if she has an eight inch penis, uh, they will Bigger differentiate between <laughs> <laughs> they will differentiate between sex and gender, uh, where sex is typically your genitalia you're born with, your chromosomes. Gender is fluid. Gender is something you're allowed to choose. Um, it's weird to me that people, and I think part of it probably is because the people who uh, are on the side of trans women being able to compete as women, I don't know one of them that played sports. For the most part, I haven't run into one. I'm sure there are out there, but the vast majority of people I know who played sports growing up are not for trans women competing as women. And it's because they understand that advantage. Um, Maybe that's all we need to do is go, hey, all right, fine, whatever, ma'am, we'll call, you know, we can have (laughs) whatever gender pronouns you want. Sure. This is now the XX division and the XY division. And then maybe we have a third division for ambiguous or or whatever or just an open division maybe we have specifically an xx chromosome division and an open division that's just all genders including xx come on play uh, you want to try it out for alabama go play some football motherfucker in the open division i think that's interesting because you would see i think you would i think you would really start to see like kind of the best and worst of people right you would start to see those 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 athletes who want to swing above their weight class and really want to challenge themselves. And then you'd see the sand, we call them sandbaggers. Um, I don't know um, if that term resonates with anybody, but it's like, if you're, if you're a cat one racer, right. So that's category one. So, so like in mountain bike racing, cause that's just like on my mind, cause the season's coming up, you have cat three, which is beginner, right? Like newbie. We've cat two, which is pretty good. Cat one is the that kind of like the upper echelon, but you're not pro. And then you have pro class, right? If you're a pro, don't go race cat one, right? You you belong if even if you're going to lose in pro, don't go race cat one. If you're if you're a solid cat one racer, do not sandbag cat two. And, and it's almost the same thing too, because you're robbing you're robbing a podium spot from somebody else, right? You're going to take mm-hmm. something like, like if you're not fast enough to go win a cat one race or get on a podium on cat race, train harder, be better. Don't go race cat two because you just want to be on the podium. And that's ultimately kind of where I fall on this one too. It's like, ah, do what you want, but don't take, don't take a podium spot from somebody because you don't want to work harder. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to get at ultimately with that XX division that we have a division specifically for, and maybe that's why it's hard because, you know, if gender is a spectrum, then it's hard to have a division for every gender, (laughs) but we can look at it and go, Hey, there's a large swath of the population that have XX chromosomes that cannot athletically compete with anybody who had XY chromosomes. Well, it still has XY chromosomes. So perhaps we need to just say like this division is specifically for the sex of female at birth, XX cisgender. It's a long, long, uh, you know, the WNBA is going to get a whole lot longer acronym to it. Um, But, you know, it's a more fair world, I think we're working towards. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yep, yep, yep. Hmm. 
Okay, cool, man. I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I don't want to beat the dead horse though. So um, we got what's what's your last man. I think all I want to say is uh, let's go move this and watch Texas tech end coach K's career. All right. I like it. Um, perfect guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. Um, if you bore, if you, if you continue to bear with us through our hiatus and our breaks, then God bless you. We really appreciate you. Um, <laughs> we have tried really hard and we will, we're back on the train and uh, we're going to start pumping out some, some episodes weekly for you guys. But as always, please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, give us a five-star review if you think that we're worth it. Um, please engage with us on any sort of those platforms. We're always happy to have conversations. If you disagree with us, let us know. If you want to come on, have a conversation about something, let us know. We're always open to it. Um, Go support our sponsor, Public Kings for Pedophiles. We are a big fan of the work that they do. If you are a content creator with a liberty-leaning mind, then reach out to myself or Jamie Kane of Liberty Uninterrupted for um, some information about the No Kings Network. We're trying to grow that. Um, you don't have to have a podcast. It's just if you if you love freedom and you create content in some way, shape, or form, please reach out because we are trying to uh, win the culture war with that because that's that's what this whole thing is about and if logan's got nothing else with all that being said we fight against the mob with people of politics we'll see you next week love you guys